Thank you, worship team. You guys are phenomenal. Unbelievable. You guys doing well? Smiling. Anybody get soaked walking in here tonight <clears throat> from the rain? Nobody did. Okay. I thought it was pouring out. Can we do, can we do uh, something cool real quick? There's, there were some people, if you came at the right time, I don't know if they were out there the whole time, but there were some people uh, walking you from your car with umbrellas, unbelievable servants. Can we just thank them for doing that? I love, uh, love the people here that serve so selflessly. You guys are amazing. Hey, before we get in uh, to the meat tonight, I want to uh, give you a few announcements. The first thing uh, we talked about, I believe, last week, I want to let you guys know about something uh, that happens here at our church called Home Run Experience. And this is something that is offered to uh, everyone from high school up, so adults and Really, it is, it's a three-week kind of class course type thing that we do here, and really it's designed to help you discover um, God's path for living. And it's a really an incredible thing. It's based off of our senior pastor's book that he wrote a few years ago called Home Run Life. And so that's the home run experience. And so it's a phenomenal course, and I just want to make it available to you guys, let you guys know about it. Uh, they're doing a June course it's going on and they do it I think Sunday nights and Monday nights throughout the summer and actually they do it on Thursday nights not throughout the summer so if you saw like some old people on that side of the building that's what they're here for <laughs> they're not old I'm just kidding but um anyways that that happens throughout the summer on Sunday nights and Monday nights and so if you're interested in just kind of getting into uh diving into faith on a different level and just continuing to learn about some things, I uh, would love for you to check that class out. There's some cards at the hub when you walk out of the room, and you can get some more information about that and figure out where to go online to sign up for that. And then also, we're getting really excited because every year we do like a big summer party to launch us into the summer. And so this year it's happening on May 31st, which is not next Thursday, but the Thursday after that. We're calling it Summer Fest, and uh, it's an incredible night. We're just going to be hopefully outside, as long as it doesn't rain. We're going to be outside just having a good time. We just ordered a bunch of barbecue, like a ton of barbecue. And who, anybody love barbecue? Come on. So order a ton of barbecue. We'll have a lot of other fun things going on, some different activities, some different things. It's kind of a summer, like beachy, you know, all things summer. What do you do in the summer? You go to the pool, the beach. I don't know if we do anything besides that. That's kind of like what the summer's known for. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we'd encourage you to invite some friends coming out at the same time, 730, just going to be outside uh, having a good time, and we're going to be giving some prizes away and have a DJ there, and it's going to be lit. Turn to your neighbor say, it will be lit. Turn to your other neighbor and say, why does this guy say lit all the time? I don't know what a new, like, cool word is. I try so hard to be cool for you guys. Um, can we read some scripture tonight? You guys good with that? So we've been in this series, obviously, called My Big Fat Mouth. This is the third week of it, and just talking about the power of our words, what comes out of our mouth, and how it has the ability to either put people down or lift people up. So we've talked about complaining, we've talked about criticism, and we're going to get into it tonight. But we've been focusing on uh, Ephesians chapter 4. It's kind of been our scripture that we're learning from, and we've looked at uh, verses 1 through 3. But I want to pick out um, some verses right in the middle of the chapter, uh, starting in verse 17. I want to read a little bit from there. 
and then we'll read uh, the end of the chapter as well. If you're ready, say amen. Amen. It says this, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Listen to this part. That, however, is not the way of life that you have learned. Talking to believers. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then I'll jump down and read this part we've been reading for the past few weeks. In verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Really, some compelling verses there. And as I read that, I just think, man, it's so clear to me that God's design for us as we put off our old self and became believers, and when we decided to follow Jesus, that his design for us is that we would become new and different in the way that we talked to each other, in the way that we talked about each other. That we would be known and that we would be separated from everyone else because we have put on the new self as a follower of Jesus. And when we do that, it changes our talk. It changes how we talk about people. It changes how we talk to people. You guys have heard the phrase before, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You guys heard that before? Completely false, right? Like where do we learn these stupid things? You know, that's not scripture. Just so you know, I don't, that's a Shakespeare, I guess. Everything that's not scripture is Shakespeare automatically in my mind. Like, that's not true. I think that's just something that we say to, like, give ourselves some sort of strength and you can't hurt me. But we know that's not true. Words hurt, right? Words hurt. And you have the power to hurt people with your words. But you also have the power to encourage people and to lift people up with your words. So I don't know if you know this, and, and if you just do like a, a quick search on the Internet, thank God for the Internet. Thank you, God and Al Gore. We love you. Uh, for the Internet, but if you can just do a quick search and look for, you know, Scripture that talks about the power of our tongue, you'll find tons of Scripture. You can look all throughout the Bible and find this. And So I just picked a couple of them. There's tons of them. I just picked a couple of them that I thought I'd read to you. James chapter 1 says this, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Yikes. First Peter says this, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. 
Proverbs chapter 10 says this, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Sin doesn't end when you multiply words and spread it to other people. Proverbs chapter 12 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Proverbs chapter 17 says, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. <laughs> Get that? So you can even be a fool and be thought wise if you hold your tongue, if you know how to control your talk. I would argue that the most evident most evident way that you show that you're a follower of Jesus is how you talk to people and how you talk about people. The most evident. I think the most powerful way that you're a follow, most powerful way that people know that you're a follower of Jesus is your story and what he's done in your life. But I think the most evident, that is seen through how you talk about people and to people. You talk all day to people. So the most evident way that people know that you're a follower of Jesus and what that looks like is through how you talk about people and how you talk to people. I hope you feel the weight of the power of your tongue. So we've been talking in this series, and, and I've really enjoyed it. I hope it's serving uh, to encourage you, but also to unify us as a body of believers. We'll be talking about the power of our tongue. But tonight, I want to speak specifically to something that uh, if you don't get a hold of it, and if we don't decide to intentionally get a hold of it, uh, it can become very, very toxic to your life and to my life and to a body of believers, a church. And that's the topic of gossip. Now, I know when we talk about gossip, in fact, as we've talked about this whole series, really, at first glance, it can seem very childish. Like, for real, are we talking about gossip? This is something that we teach third graders, right? Like, we tell them not to gossip about each other. But how many of you know that this is still something that we fight as college students or 20-something-year-olds, right? I don't know if you've ever been affected by gossip before, but if you have... It stings really bad, doesn't it? In regards to gossip, I think all of us could say that you, uh, you know somebody who just has a tendency to gossip a lot, right? You know somebody? Don't nudge your neighbor right now. That's not good. Nudging your neighbor while someone's preaching is like a party foul in church. Don't do it. Can we talk about party fouls in church? It's kind of, it feels childish, but, but we all know someone that you would say, that person gossips a lot, right? And the fact of the matter is, if, if you've ever experienced it, if you've ever been on the receiving end of it, you know how bad it can hurt. You know how bad it can sting. My, my favorite thing is Christian gossip. You know what Christian gossip is? It comes in different forms. Uh, one of the ways that Christian gossip comes is uh, in the form of prayer requests. In the form of prayer requests. Have you, ever, have you ever seen this happen? Like we're in a small group. Hey, um... Guys, we need to pray for Johnny. He's not here tonight, but we need to pray for Johnny. He, uh, you know, he told me he's really struggling. Him and his girlfriend are having sex, and um, we just need to pray for Johnny. That's just, 
he's just having a real hard time. And uh, everybody else is like, what? I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, you know, just confided in me and asked me not to share with anybody. But, you know, I know the power of prayer. And we need to get multiple people praying for Johnny, man, and his girlfriend struggling in life, you know. Like somehow we disguise gossip as prayer requests and we share it with everyone. It's like, let's, let's pray for this person. It's like, yo, that guy, that guy confided in you for a reason, right? The, the other way that uh, I, I see this happen a lot is we think that somehow gossip is justified if it's the truth. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's true. Like somehow that makes gossip all right. So if you've ever been on the other end of that, you know what that looks like, right? Hey, you know, did you hear about Karen? Karen. By the way, if your name's Johnny or Karen, sorry. Um, Karen. Karen's having, you know, she has some anger issues. I'm telling you what. That girl needs to go to some counseling or whatever. She has, hey, why are you talking about Karen like that? I'm just saying it's true. You know it's true, right? You know that it's true about Karen. <laughs> like, Christian gossip is the worst because we think we disguise it and then we, we, we think it's okay because it's true. Can I, can I just tell you something tonight? I heard someone say this and it stuck with me. They said, everything that is said ought to be true, but not everything that's true ought to be said. I'll say it one more time. Everything that is said should be true, but not everything that's true ought to be said. So just because something is true doesn't mean that it just needs to go out to everyone and that that's just some excuse for everybody to know about it. I said it this way, and, and maybe this is helpful, but um, truth doesn't permit gossip. Truth doesn't make it okay to gossip. And so I want to just talk a little bit about gossip, and, and I know, you know, you guys probably know all about it. You've experienced it, or, or you, you know that it's not right. I think deep down in our souls, everyone knows, I shouldn't be doing this. And so maybe this isn't like brand new information for you, but I'm praying that uh, it'll convict us and it'll challenge us and change us. So first thing that you got to know about gossip is this, that gossip hurts everyone in the picture. <coughs> Excuse me. Gossip hurts everyone in the picture. Obviously, the first person that comes to your mind when you think about gossip is it hurts the person that's being spoken about, right? It hurts the person that, that you're talking about, the person that's on the receiving end of this. Some of you know this firsthand, what this is like. You've been separated from a good friend or close relationship or maybe even a family member, and you shouldn't have because someone started gossiping. Maybe for you, they shared something simple in your world, like, you know, you, you told them, you had a crush on somebody, <laughs> a crush. Do we still have crushes? Is that a thing when you get in college? Um, <clears throat> you told them that you had a crush on somebody, and then all of a sudden you find out that that person found out, and the person you told, you know, maybe you experienced this in middle school. Maybe this doesn't relate to you guys now. But, but the person you told that you had a crush on that person, they went and told, and it got around, and then you find out that that person found out, and then they're really not interested in you. And so by that time, you know, you like feel the pain, especially that that's not going to work out, and you had hopes for that. But not only do you feel that pain, but you feel the pain of the betrayal of a friend, right? That you trusted in that person. Maybe it's something a little more serious than that. Maybe you've confided in a friend because of an addiction or something like that, and then 
you found out that they shared that as a prayer request. And now everyone knows that that was your struggle and you're a little bit embarrassed. It's like, I wasn't planning on everybody knowing that. And then as a result of that, what do you do? You, you back off a little bit on being honest about where you're at in faith. And so as a result, now we got a lot of Christians walking around that are afraid to share what's really going on in their life because they had a friend share what they confided in them about. And so now we don't trust anybody. And now we just pretend like everything's cool and we walk around like everything's all right because you've been hurt by someone who gossiped. Or maybe it was something even more significant. I'm not sure, but... Gossip hurts the person that is being talked about. But not only that, I was thinking through this, what, what really surprises me, I think it's probably the one that we don't think of the most, is it hurts the person who is listening to the gossip. Think about this. So, so you gossip about somebody to this person. It hurts that person that you shared it with. <clears throat> I'll read you some scripture. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4, it says that wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Do you hear that? Not wrongdoers spread gossip. Wrongdoers listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander, is what the verse says. Eagerly listen to gossip. So if you listen to gossip, you're in the wrong as well. I... um, I saw an Instagram quote. I rarely see an Instagram quote that I uh, like. But this one I saw, and I was like, oh, gosh, that'll preach right there. Uh, Someone posted this this quote. They said, "Uh, don't tell me what somebody said about me. Tell me why they felt comfortable talking to you. Drop the mic. Don't tell me what someone else said about me. Tell me why they felt comfortable talking to you about me. Even the listener, it hurts. You're in the wrong. Even if you listen to it, you're in the wrong. I want to be the kind of person that no one ever gossips to because you know I won't even take it. I want to be the kind of person you start gossiping to me, nah, not even there. And then eventually I get a reputation of don't even go to Austin about that because he won't take it from you. He's going to stand up for his friends. He's going to take, you know, he's going he's to fight the battle for the people that you want to talk about. Don't even go to him. I want to be that kind of person. You may may help you to remember it this way. What you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. So what you allow to happen is what you promote. So if you allow it to take place, you're essentially saying, I'm okay with this. This is good. This is fine. What you permit, you promote. I actually believe that the solution to gossip is not that we don't gossip, it's that we agree that I won't let gossip, I won't let someone gossip to me. Think about that. If we just said, I won't let it happen to me, then nobody would have someone to go gossip to. But not only does it hurt the person that it's spoken about and does it hurt the listener, but it also obviously hurts the speaker, the one who is doing the gossiping. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 10 in the New Living Translation, says it like this. says, others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. Wow. So if you get accused of gossip, good luck regaining your reputation. 
Think about that. You can go your whole life trying to build a good reputation. And then one time gossip about somebody. And that become kind of your reputation and everything else you have built go down the drain. I'm not saying that's right, but I believe it's true. That that is how fickle our reputations are. And that is how dangerous gossip is. Have you ever met someone that gossiped and you were like, I want to be like that person? Gosh, I just love how much he talks about other people. <laughs> no, you haven't, right? If you're like me, a gossiper, you likely are like, man, first of all, I don't want to be like you. Second of all, I got to watch what I say to you because if you feel free to talk about that person that way, there's a good chance you're going to talk about me behind my back as well, right? So not only do you not like them, but you don't trust people like that. Can I ask you, what if people don't trust you because you've gotten that reputation? What if instead you got caught not gossiping, but you got caught encouraging somebody? What if instead your MO, your reputation was, that person will not stop encouraging people? Hey, did you hear what John said about you? No, I didn't. What did he say? Well, he said that he's never seen someone your age with so much leadership potential and wisdom, and he admires you for that. Really? He said that? Yeah, that's what he said. Hey, did you hear what Karen <laughs> said about you? No, no. What did she say? Well, she said that the way that you serve people so selflessly and the way that you love people inspires her to be more like Jesus because when she sees it in you, it makes her want to follow Jesus even more. Really? She said that? Yeah, that's what she said. What if you were known more about spreading encouragement than you were about spreading gossip? Years ago, uh, when I was in college, <clears throat> so long ago, at Liberty University, um, when I was there, I, um, I was living with, I think we have four roommates. And so we were all living together in a house, and it was a lot of fun. And we had this time when we were looking for a new roommate. And so we're looking for a new roommate, couldn't decide on, on who to ask. And so we finally asked this one guy. He came in and lived with us. And then what we found out was there was another friend of ours that we did not ask. They got offended. What? Did y'all see that? <laughs> Stuff's falling from the ceiling, Ben. Um, <clears throat> so there was this other guy, ADD, so bad. Um, there was this other guy that we did not ask, and he ends up getting offended because we didn't ask him, and we didn't really know about it. We thought it was all good, and we just asked somebody to move in with us, and that was cool. And then um, a couple weeks later, this was before I met my wife, so a couple weeks later, you know, I was trying to holler at a new girl, and... Um, <laughs> I was, try I, I, was, I was interested in this girl, and I finally got a date with her, and so I was like, man, this girl is nice. Like, th I, this could be the one. Like, I really like her, and so I was super excited. I got a date with her, went on a few dates with her. Things were going really, really well, and then out of nowhere, she, like, stops talking to me. So, you know, at first, I was like, I don't even care. Her loss, right? <laughs> Just kidding. I wasn't that arrogant, but, um, you know, I was like, whatever, no big deal. 
But then the way that it kind of went down and it was so sudden and weird how it all happened, I was like, man, something is strange about this, how sudden it was. And so eventually I ran into her at one of the buildings and I remember I just said, hey, no problem with us, but I'm just interested. Like, why, why, why did, you know, why did you stop talking to me like that? Like, what was it something I did? Was, what did I do? Was something I, like, I don't know, what was it? And she said, well, honestly, uh, what happened was Brent told, oh, I just said his name. Uh, my friend, <laughs> you don't know, this is a long time ago. She said, uh, your friend told this other girl, which was a friend of hers, uh, some stuff about, she said, she, you know, he told her some stuff about you, and then it got back to me, and she said, honestly, I just, you know, like, that kind of stuff really bothered me, and so I just decided, you know, that, that maybe it just wasn't going to work out. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, I see how it is, and so I said, well, what was the stuff, and here's the thing, some of it was true, but some of it wasn't, so I was like, all right, all right, I see you. So I said, appreciate it. Good looks. Uh, talk to you later. Peace. Right? And then, like, I ran in a couple days later. I ran into uh, my friend. <laughs> it was an intentional run into. But I ran into my friend, this guy, and we started having a conversation. And I said, hey, man, you know, just so you know, if you start inventing stuff in your small mind and then open your large mouth there's going to be a problem, right? If that happens again, there's going to be a problem. And this was before I knew how to handle conflict correctly. That was not the right thing to say. So this is a plug for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about how to handle relational conflict. And I'm going to give you some practical tips on that and what the Bible says. But that was before I knew that. So that's how I responded to him. And it ticked me off because I was hurt. Like, number one, the things weren't true, and this, like, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen because by that time I was like, you know what, this is way too far gone for me to try to repair this. I'm done with it. But at the same time, this is a guy that betrayed me like that, and it hurt. You ever been hurt like that? Gossip hurts, right? But check this out. I've also been on the other side of it. And maybe you'd be brave enough to say, yeah, I've been on the other side of it too. But I've also been on the other side of it. I'll give you an example. About six months ago, I was in a conversation in a meeting here at the church with another pastor, and we were just talking about some things, and somewhere in the middle of the conversation, another uh, employee that works here got brought up, and we just began to kind of talk about him, and I didn't think it was in, like, any super harsh, negative tone. It was just some things that we had noticed, and right in the middle of us talking, the, uh, his admin was in the room, so, like, the secretary that works for him was in the room. She wasn't even a part of the conversation. She was just taking notes about what the meeting was on and that kind of thing, and out of nowhere, she said, hey, guys, uh, that guy is not in the room, and so I just feel a little bit weird that, like, we're talking about him, and he can't defend himself, and at the time, I was like, yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, cool. And we just moved on. But can I tell you, the rest of that day, that weighed so heavy on me. And I thought, how did I get to this point where this became just like normal life? And God, I'm so grateful that this lady called us out. I needed that correction. I needed to be called out from that. I've been on both sides of the story with gossip in many other ways as well. But it hurts. It hurts. And so I just have to ask myself the question, why do we gossip? 
if this is a third grade thing that we teach our little kids, why does it still affect us? Why is it still so easy for us to get into? A couple things I've noticed is, first this, we buy the lie. And the lie is this, that when they are weak, I am strong. When they're weak, I'm strong. It's very similar to what we talked about last week with criticism. It's an insecurity. It's insecurity that drives us to gossip. Because I'm not confident in myself, I'm not secure in who I am, and so if I can make them weaker, I'll look stronger. If I can put down other people, then it pulls me up. How can I appear to be stronger? In a social setting, you think about social setting amongst friends, if I can look better, I'll be liked more. If I can look better, I'll be liked more by more people and more friendships will come. I got to make myself look better and sometimes that means making someone else look worse. In a work setting, when you talk about competency, if I can make someone else look worse at their job, then I'll look better at mine and I'll get promoted. Right? I got to make myself look better. And if it comes at the expense of someone else, I'm willing to do it. That's hard to admit, isn't it? But I think it's easy, easy to come into our life. In a church setting, if I can look better spiritually, perhaps I'll be respected more as a Christian and given more opportunities if I can look better spiritually. And the crazy thing is, it's not as much that we're expecting it to be compared, like me to that person. It's just that we feel like we get respected more or our opinion is valued more because we're smart, because we picked out someone else's flaw. Like somehow we're looked at as smarter because we can see someone else's mistakes and who they are and all this kind of stuff, and then we like to call it out. But can I encourage you tonight with something? There is no need for you to posture, position, or promote yourself in this life. You can trust God to do all three of those. You don't have to posture, position, or promote yourself. God will do it in his timing. In the right time, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. So we buy the lie, but the second thing that I've seen, and I've gone back and forth whether I should share this because... It's a little bit aggressive. Are you okay with me being aggressive? If you didn't answer, well, then here it comes. <clears throat> the second reason why I think we gossip, and it's just true, is sometimes I think your life is so boring and uninteresting that you actually like to stir up conflict because it brings a little bit of thrill and excitement. You hear me? Your life is so boring, it's not even good. You don't even like what's coming from your life. And so if you can just stir up a little conflict and get a little of stuff going on, and he's talking to him and she, and then we get it all going. and it's get, Honestly, you like it. It's fun for you. Isn't that scary? That you can actually like that thrill? And can I just encourage you? I, Maybe it's not as spiritual as I think. Maybe it's just go ride a freaking roller coaster or something and you'll get a thrill. I don't know. But, but 
can I just encourage you that if you're looking for a thrill, if you're looking for excitement in your life, you can find it. You can find it by figuring out how you can encourage people, how you can lift people up, not tear them down. I promise you the same kind of life-giving spirit will come in you and it will be a thrill and it will be exciting if you will learn how to lift people up and encourage them rather than tear them down. I promise you, it'll be better, it'll be more satisfying, it'll be more fulfilling than when you tear them down. Find it on that end, not the other end. It's there, you can have it. I like to ask myself this question and uh, maybe it'd be helpful for you. How can I make someone else look better than they really are. Like today, in, in my sphere of influence and whoever's around me, in my work, in my school, in my family, <coughs> in my church, wherever it is, how can I make others around me actually look better than they even are? And I promise you, if you will live that way, God will honor it. If you will live that way instead of you trying to posture and position and promote and you trying to find some sort of thrill out of putting others down, if you will find thrill in saying, how can I make others actually look better than they even are, God will honor that more than you even know. And it would build a community amongst us that would be life-changing. Life-changing if we could get amongst that. And so I want to challenge you with a few things tonight, and then we'll wrap up and be done here. Jared, you can come up. Here's what I want to challenge you with. Two things kind of coming out of here, and, and, you know, maybe this is all, yeah, I know this stuff, whatever, but maybe it's not. Maybe it'll challenge you. First thing I would challenge you with when it comes to gossip is this. Guard your ears. What can you do tonight? What can you do tomorrow? Number one, guard your ears. Guard your ears. When I was preparing for this message, I was doing some research and found a, a psychology magazine. And in this magazine, it said that you could stop gossip with one question. You can actually stop gossip with one question. You want to know what the question is? With this question, why are you telling me this? <laughs> Imagine someone starts gossiping, you pick it up immediately, and you can stop it with this question. Why are you telling me this? Because what does that do? It forces them to take an inventory of why they're telling you this. And it forces them to go, I don't know, I just needed somebody to talk to about them. You go, yeah, okay. I don't want to do that. And if, if why are you telling me this is like too aggressive for you, then I'll give you another one. And, and listen, you don't have to like do that with a sassy voice. Like, don't do it sassy. Why am I sassy? Someone give me more of a masculine word than sassy. I need something else. But you don't have to be all sassy with it. You say, hey, let me ask you, why are you, tell why are you telling me this? But if that's too aggressive, I'll give you another one. Here you go. Hey, um, before you continue, can I just ask, ha have you had a chance to talk to this person one-on-one -on -one about this yet? Have you, had a have you had a chance to talk to them yet? Well, well no, no, I haven't. I was just, I was just thinking about it and... Wanted to share it with you first. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. How about, tell you what, go talk to them first, and if you can't resolve it, then I'd be happy to step in and we can figure it out. But just go talk to them first. Hey, have you, talk, have you talked to them first about this? 
Because what does it do? It makes them take an inventory of why they're sharing this with you. 98% of the time, they're gonna say, no, I haven't. So check this out. You're actually helping them be more like Jesus. You can read, I think it's Matthew chapter 18, when uh, Jesus is talking to believers and he says, if, uh, if you have a problem with someone else, then first you should go to them one-on-one and talk it through with them. And then if it doesn't get resolved with that, then bring two or three more people into the conversation to bring some clarity and bring some accountability. And then if it doesn't get resolved with that, then you can bring the church into it. And, uh, you know, I don't think you need to, like, come up here and be like, so-and-so is blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's that. But I think bring, bring, some leader, bring a pastor into the conversation, bring some leadership into the conversation and work it out. But first, go to them one-on-one. Fight the urge to go to someone else. Go to them one-on-one. So guard your ears, and the second thing I would say is close your mouth. Guard your ears and close your mouth. Proverbs chapter 21 says this, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Keep themselves from calamity. Don't you want to keep yourself from calamity? You don't want to lead yourself into trouble. You don't want to lead yourself into chaos. So guard your mouth. Maybe it's guard your mouth, close your mouth, but open it to the right person. Maybe it's just more about opening it to the right person. If something is so burdensome on me about somebody else that I feel the need to talk about it, then I need to go to them. I need to go to them one-on-one and figure this thing out. I've, um, I've grown up in church all my life, all my life, and um, literally all my life. And my father is a, a pastor, and so not just in church, I've been behind the scenes of church a lot. And uh, to be honest with you, I've seen gossip actually take root in the church and be like a disease that just spreads and literally take down whole churches. Some of you have seen this too. Literally take out an entire church because gossip just spreads. And so I want to talk to us not just as individuals tonight, I want to talk to us as a community. Because I believe you're here not just as a person, not just, you know, you trying to learn something, but we're here together as a body of believers actually on mission to accomplish something together because we're better together. And what God can do through us as a group is far more than what he can do through us just as one person. And so we're on a mission together. We have goals together that in this room, we would see God do things in our community. Did you know this, that there are 60,000 60,000 18 to 25-year-olds in Gwinnett County. 60,000. Now, I don't know the percentage of those, how many of them are Christians or not, but I would imagine that there's a lot of them who are not. Can we make that assumption? There's a lot of them who are not. And it is our mission, it is our goal to go get them, to go reach them to bring them into the love of God that we've sang about and watch God transform their life. 
That's our mission together. It's just far more than us just coming in here, singing a few cute songs, and let's do a cute message. No, we believe that God's called us to have impact outside of these doors and to go get people and bring them in here and go take the message from here and take it out there. We want to see people's lives change. Do we not? That's our mission. That's our goal. And what happens is when gossip gets going amongst us, it prevents that mission from happening. Now, Jesus said these words about the church. He said, I'm going to build my church, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So in other words, the church is going to be all right. It's going to be around. You cannot destroy it. It's going to be around. But can I tell you something? Even though the enemy can't destroy the church, I believe he can derail the church. Here's what I mean. You think about like a train going on a track. Even though the enemy can't cause that train to completely crash and burn, he can cause it to go off on another track and never get to the destiny that God had called it to get to. And gossip is the same thing. If the enemy can't destroy it, I believe he can get to it and derail it. And what happens is he gets to it by just little petty gossip conversations that begin to take place and come amongst us. And then we get sidetracked because every minute that we have to deal with gossip or every minute that we have to deal with the repercussions of gossip is a minute that gets taken away from us reaching 60,000 people who do not know Jesus or whatever the number is. Every single minute. And I don't know about you, I know both fights should be fought, but there is one fight that would distract us from the better fight. And the better fight is seeing people who, if they died today, would die without the hope of Jesus. And meanwhile, we're in here just gossiping about each other and preventing us from going out there. Do you agree? And so here's, here's what I, I just want to challenge us to, is this has to take root in us. If we believe that God has called us to something, a mission far greater than ourselves to accomplish something that we can never even, you know, dream or imagine, then gossip has no place. I talk to college pastors all the time across the country, and they all say the same exact thing. Well, you know, it's just so hard because you get immature college students, and they start talking about each other. And I don't know why I'm talking like they're from California or something. Like, they start talking about each other, and you just have all these, like, quarrels and fights. Listen to me. That makes me want to freaking tear my eyeballs out and go, no, I refuse to let that stop us from accomplishing what God wants to accomplish. I refuse. But I can't be the one to refuse it. You have to be the one to refuse it. And so how we defeat it is not just you not talking about it. It's you saying, no, 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 don't even come to me with that. No, 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 no. Not for me. That's how we see this thing defeated. Because I'm telling you, when God wants to do anything, Zach talked about an awakening. When God wants to do anything of any significance, the enemy doesn't want it to happen. He'll do whatever he can. He'll do whatever he can to get into it. And I believe gossip is one of the main things that he does. But you can keep it from happening. You can keep it from happening. <clears throat> so I just want to challenge us tonight, challenge you tonight with this one scripture. And maybe you could pray it over your own life and, and make it kind of your prayer for the next however long. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes and the band's gonna come up and get ready to worship.
I wanna challenge you with a specific prayer and ask you to pray it over your own life. <coughs> it comes out of Psalm 141, verse three. And this is what the psalmist writes. He says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And I just want to ask you if you'd be bold enough to just pray that. <clears throat> Whether gossip is a part of your life, whether it's not and you feel like you got a good hold on it, I don't know. But maybe you would just have the courage to pray tonight. Lord, set a guard over my mouth <clears throat> and keep watch over the door of my lips. I don't want to have any part in restricting what you want to do, not only through me, but through those around me, and also through this body and through this community and what you want to accomplish. So set a guard over my mouth, Lord. We pray. So Father, thank you so much for your kindness. That for those of us where this has been a struggle, God, truthfully, it's a struggle for all of us to some extent, but thank you that you've not abandoned us, that you don't give up on us because of this. Lord, we could probably go around and share stories of when we've gossiped about somebody and it's hurt them. But Lord, I thank you for your kindness that you have not given up on us and that you offer forgiveness and plenty and plenty of grace. But Lord, our desire is to see you move in our life. Our desire is to get rid of the old self completely and put on the new self completely. And our desire is to be completely freed up from this so that you could use us to influence our community, influence those around us. And so, Lord, we pray and we ask that you would convict us when we have the temptation to gossip. <clears throat> and, Lord, that you'd give us the courage, maybe if we've been the person to gossip and we've seen the effects of it, that you'd give us the courage to go to people and ask for forgiveness. And Lord, make us more like you, we pray, so that we can accomplish what you would want us to accomplish in this life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.